This comes from a listener who says, I'm two months postpartum and I am less attracted to my husband and I find him irritating. Is this normal? Help. It's Yes. <laughs> several things, right? Eight, eight weeks postpartum, you're fresh, right? Like you are super, super, super fresh. Um, you're likely finding everyone irritating, but he's in your face 24-7. Hey guys, it's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. Um, you guys, today we're joined by our favorite recurring guest, Dima. If you haven't heard Dima on our show before, you should go back and listen to our previous episodes with her. She's a postpartum psychotherapist. She gives the best advice for women and moms. Um, we love her. That's why we have her uh, come back. She can answer the questions in a different way than we can. I feel like we do like to give you guys advice on your questions, but it's not professional advice. So that's why we have a professional come on. And Dima <laughs> is that professional. <laughs> I feel like she would probably say this is not professional advice either because I'm sure she has like some sort of like, I don't know, license something, but at least she can help oh, you yeah, a little bit more true. than we can with some insight. She can. She was so funny the other day. So, um, sidebar, what? I, why do I always sidebar? Um, so I really <laughs> wanted to go see Adele in um, Las Vegas. She's playing, and I got on this like list that was like, if you sign up to be like a super fan, you get on this like presale list. And then I got an email the other day that was like, so many people signed up for the presale list that you're on like the next list. You know, oh, like no. if any tickets become available, I was like, oh man. And then, like, I saw Dima post it. She was like, if anyone wants to take me to Adele that didn't get on, the, like, super fan pre-sale, I was like, oh, man, I'm in the same boat. This is so funny. I was literally just going to fly to Vegas by myself and, like, be like, hey, I'm just going to go see Adele. Uh, Can you imagine how good that concert would be? Totally. She's so good. Totally worth it. Did you watch that special with her and Oprah? Have we talked about this? It was so good. We should we should have a whole dedicated episode to that. I think we could. It was, I mean, especially the stuff about divorce. She is, she's a wise woman. Also, she is so good at singing and so good at delivering. Like when she delivers a song, like she delivers it. She's unbelievable. Also, how did, she lost a hundred pounds. Yeah, she looks amazing. But she looks amazing. Um, I also love that she was like, "I was body positive then. I'm body positive now." Like, I just love her. I just really appreciate her. I loved her before, and I love her more now. And and you know, Oprah's on there, and you know, I'm the biggest Oprah fan ever. So <laughs> it was nice for them to both be together. Yeah, I thought I thought it was an amazing special. She, like you said, just had so many really amazing things to say and it was just incredible for her to be so honest you know like so honest but I feel like that's what you know her new album let's just talk about Adele her new album was meant for that you know she was like this is so interesting so obviously like last year when I started writing music like I was going through all the divorce stuff and my whole thing with the music was I don't want to write about divorce. Like I was like, I've written sad songs in my life. I want to make myself happy and write like fun songs and like uplifting songs. There's one like kind of sad song. But I love how Adele, she's such a sad song, sappy singer that she's like, let me just reach into the depths of my soul and then 
put this the saddest song out there I can and then let's do it again and again and again and again just make everybody so sad I love sad albums. I just love it I live for I it I know it's so good I love sad songs yeah that's why you love John Mayer yeah I love I mean I, I love sad yeah I love Damien Rice he's an old singer but like but that's that's why music. people people connect to that music you know I mean you could listen to a sad sad Adele song over and over and just like feel your cry you know <coughs> You could just keep crying and it would be okay because Adele's there with you crying. You know? Mm-hmm. You can listen to a happy song a few times, but like a sad song, ooh, I even, every breakup you just come back. I even love sad lyrics that are set to like a happy tune. You know what I mean? Like where they're almost oh, yeah. like satire or something where you actually listen to the lyrics of like a boppy song. You're like, this song is really actually sad. <laughs> can we also talk about, did you listen to the 10 minute version of Taylor Swift's all too well. I, you know what? I am the one person on world in the world who has not, because I have not found ten what? minutes where I get control of the music in my house. So, oh, <laughs> I don't really listen to music that much, but I did watch the video or whatever. It was, I mean, it was good. I, it was interesting. I is that the one that Blake Lively directed? That okay? Is that a different I'm, one? I think that was a different one. I think she directed the one that's a song that I don't like. I was like, what is a song? And I don't like, why? Why would you choose this song? I, um, but I think Taylor Swift directed the All Too Well 10-minute version. I don't know. I could be very wrong. But it was interesting. Good. You should watch it. I mean, the lyrics, you know, she's obviously like so good at lyrics. And it's like All Too Well was good in general. And then she made a 10-minute version. And it's still every single new verse is still so good. Like, I don't know how she does it. I need, She's a brilliant songwriter. I know it's like at the top of the charts, so I need to just act like I'm podcasting for 10 minutes longer than I really am and listen to it. Listen to it at the yeah, end of this. Yeah, you should do it. You should like watch the video that you should like okay. YouTube it. Okay. I mean, it's at least then you can like be part of the conversation. Right. You know? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that and then I'm going to text you after and tell you my thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all I felt, you know, when I finished, because it's obviously about Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal, and I finished, I was like, whoa, Taylor Swift says the F word a lot, like in life. Like, she must really like to say the F word. <laughs> That's what I, that, I got that from it, for sure. <laughs> Which I like to say it too. But, um, and then also, like, maybe she's like a little bit like crazy. Which is fine. Oh, Every yeah. I mean, it, crazy. I mean, doesn't she like say that in like most of her songs? Like, he thinks I'm, yeah, you know, true. like. And then, like, Jake Gyllenhaal is, like, pretty unstable, <laughs> in, I would say, <laughs> emotionally. <laughs> you just give me your thoughts later. We'll talk and about sadly, it. And sadly, that's Dima what makes him sort of attractive. I, why? Why? Why do we like that? I don't know. I'm going to be better in my next life. <laughs> uh. Next time I come back to this earth, I'm going to be better about that all of that <laughs> do are you listening to do you have any new christmas music songs that you're like into is there any new christmas music out there i don't know about no you don't know no i heard today that like i new? heard there's a new song from ariana grande and jimmy fallon but i don't know what that is i saw that on the news i need to listen to it it's probably a joke right i'm sure well here's the thing you guys we're gonna take a short break uh, when we get back, we're going to have Dima join us. And we do have a lot of like 
weighty questions. These aren't, you know, I mean, we ask Dima the big questions because we don't always have the answers to the big ones. So, yeah. And then we're going to play bad mom, good mom with her, right? And then we'll lighten it up again. So stick with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Do you have an insight on how to get these Adele tickets that we want? No. Um, <laughs> so you need to get them and then bring me as a thank you. That's what's going to Oh, happen. my gosh. I was watching your story the other day, and I was so mad because I had just gotten the same email. I was like, oh, she got that same stupid email. I, I got know. that pre... You you were on pre-sale, but like you're not good enough to actually get a ticket. So, so this is the like... like $5,000 to go, so... Uh, like, I'm not going to... I'll just like watch her special over and over again and pretend I was there and cry yeah yeah and cry about it while listening to her sad songs gosh I'm so sad I'm so sorry it's happening to you too I feel your pain thank you I'm glad (laughs) okay so we do have uh some listener questions for you today and then we also have our good mom bad mom moments we had some uh, funny ones from listeners as well. And then obviously we're going to ask you yep. yours. You know, can I just say though that um, every time I think about when I'm now, when I'm walking up the stairs, I think about you all the time with you think my about kids. My daughter tumbling back down. I do. I actually <laughs> really do. And I'm like, thank you for saying that and being so open about that because now like when my daughter's like walking behind me and I'm like holding my son's hand or something, I'm just like, oh my gosh, don't let her walk behind you. Like, what are you doing? You don't like, think about it. I know. Put it, put her in front of you. And then I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I remember and I'm like, thank you, Dima. You're welcome. You're saving, you're saving the life of my, my children one day, one day at a time. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to go with this first question. Um, okay. So, Dima, they wanted, somebody wants to know, how do you cope with gender disappointment? Because this is a real thing. Um, I've slightly experienced it be- before, but there are people out there who um, have had, like, serious gender disappointment. Um, that was me with my son. And I don't know what your experiences were like when you were pregnant, but I could immediately tell what I, I could feel it, right? I'm like, I knew what I was having. Yeah. Um, and I had really bad hypermesis gravidarum with both pregnancies, but it was much worse with him. So I, once I found out he was a boy, I was like mad. Right. Um, and I was a therapist at the time. So felt like horrible about myself, but gender disappointment is real. All I can say is, you know, you're entitled to your feelings. And when you zoom out and you try to like rationalize, you know, no matter what you have, you're going to love that baby. Right. In our heads, I think we have, we make up this image, right. And when we don't expect it to go as planned, it throws everything off. And then remember, like with pregnancy, you have such a lack of agency, right? You feel like you're so out of control. You don't know what's happening with your body. You have people telling you what's happening to your body. Or um, oftentimes you feel like others are making decisions for you that maybe you don't understand. The gender is one of the biggest things, right? That remind you, oh, you're about to lose control for the next several, several, several years, um, which is why I think it throws so many people off. But I can assure you that you will still bond and love that baby regardless of what gender it is, but also it's super normal, really common. Um, You don't have to feel bad about it. And I like always tell other mothers, like share how you feel, right? Like know your audience. There's some that are going to give you the whole like, Oh honey, you know, you should just be grateful. You're pregnant and all these things, but know your people be honest with how you're feeling and know you're still going to connect with that baby when baby's out. 
Yeah, I I think Carly, I don't know if you remember, but when I was pregnant with Reed, I I thought for sure Reed was a girl. I was like my pregnancy that. in the yeah. beginning felt so much more like Emmy's. I was like, I just feel like his energy was right. feminine. I was like, I feel like there's a girl baby inside me. And when I found out he was a boy, I was like so shocked. And I don't know if it was mm. like gender disappointment, but I think I was just, like you said, I had this idea in my head that Emmy was going to have a younger sister, um, that she really wanted a younger sister. So I think I was really like hoping for her. And I just had this image in my head of like what our children were going to be like, which is actually kind of sad because like we shouldn't put that pressure on our kids in the first place. Like my children are just going to be who they are, like, you know, and I do, I am somebody who feels like gender is fluid. And so it's like, I was already putting these like societal pressures on my unborn baby, but I do think our feelings are valid. And I kind of had to work through that, like rewiring myself for what I was supposed to be expecting. And now like... I love Reed so much. It's insane. And I couldn't imagine anybody else but him in our family now, you know? Yeah. And that's what everyone always says after. They're like, I can't imagine it any different. And I think that's reassuring to hear that you will not be able to imagine it any different once that yeah. baby's right. But, yeah, that's true. But I don't think, yeah. And I don't think people should feel shame, ashamed or guilty that they have that disappointment no. though, you know? No. Yeah. I remember when... I found out Bella was a girl and I was if she wasn't a girl I would have been like really disappointed because Evan had already had three boys and I was like come on like we can't like I need I need somebody to hang with you know (laughs) and then I was like and then Evan's kind of freaking out because there was a girl and I was like yes but then I knew Charlie was a boy I was like for sure it's gonna but it was really great because because Bella was a girl I think it kind of put the older boys at like ease because it wasn't like a new boy was coming to like take the shine away from the older boys. Yeah. They were like, oh, little girl, cool. You know, I've seen there's a lot of people that I feel like have been posting more about gender disappointment yeah. um, lately than I mean, lots of people post more about anything lately. But I think that's great. Yeah. OK, so I had PPD and PPA after baby number two and three. Um, and I'm due in four weeks and I'm so nervous. How can I prepare? Um. So... In a perfect world, if you know you have a history of postpartum depression or anxiety or any mental health disorder, um, you want to do the work earlier on. Like I tell moms, ideally by second trimester, because babies can come early, right? And Mm -hmm. one of the things that helps the most is coping ahead. So don't panic if this is you and you're like, okay, I'm two weeks ahead, four weeks ahead. I've not done like said work, right? I.e. getting in with a therapist is really what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. or um, joining a support group or looking at the factors that set you over the edge. Was it lack of sleep? Was it, you know, your house felt like it was constantly a mess? Was it you didn't have time to cook? You know, was it um, feeding was challenging for you, whether it was breastfeeding or formula feeding, you know, tongue tie, lip tie, whatever it was, I'd say do that like legwork more so upfront now so that you have things in order so that when it happens, right, if we'll say if it happens, you won't feel like you're going off the deep end more of like I've accesses I can process through it. If you don't do the work, this is where we bleed into something feeling more traumatic. And with trauma, things are stuck and we can't access them, which is why it makes it so difficult. Um, but believe me, it's not uncommon for a, a parent or a mother with a periodal mood anxiety disorder, you know, history to not get that help because it's so hard and it can last so long. And sometimes by the time it's ending, you get pregnant again, right? So yeah, don't feel like, oh, great. So I messed that up. No, 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 no. 
it's it's less it's like far more common to not reach out than the latter but again because of telehealth and all of these things that we've mitigated the factors have become much easier to access help right um and that's kind of the goal okay i'll read the next question so um This comes from a listener who says, I'm two months postpartum and I am less attracted to my husband and I find him irritating. Is this normal? Help. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's yes. several things, right? Eight eight weeks postpartum, you're fresh, right? Like you are super, super, super fresh. Um, You're likely finding everyone irritating, but he's in your face 24-7. Right. Traction piece. I think I would be more like, wow, if you said your sex drive was back, right? I would be mm-hmm. like, okay, like you're a unicorn. Uh, I highly doubt you're sleeping, right? You're not eating on a normal schedule. You've got like all these things going on. Remember that typically our partners are getting a lot of that anger, rage, annoyance, because oftentimes they're the catalyst, especially if you're in a heterosexual relationship. He got you pregnant in like most of the time, right? So it's really easy to now shift all these feelings you have and project them out on the partner. Um, But take a look at what's going on. Is it because you're looking around and you're like, I don't feel like this is even keeled. I feel like I'm picking up a lot of the slack and like, what are you doing? Sitting there with your useless nipples, like what's going through your head? You know, like look at those factors um, and have that conversation. Don't feel guilty about the, the attraction piece that will come back. The annoyance, completely normal, but there's always something underneath that, I think, that can be discussed. Um, it's just, choose. I think, like choosing the timing appropriately, because again, you're eight weeks postpartum. So I don't know how much is even making sense to you right now, let alone your partner, you know? Yeah, that's like, that's the trenches right there, because you're coming down off mm-hmm. that baby high a little bit, yeah. and then the sleep, uh, you're having no sleep. I think that's a huge part for me is the lack of sleep really affects my mood and then especially um looking over and seeing your partner sleeping peacefully (laughs) oh god you know that's so annoying i I know that is very irritating solidarity it is yeah (laughs) Yeah. but look it's so relatable that again that is i think far more relatable than the latter nothing wrong with you if you're like no i can i'm good to go sex drive is back right amazing um, but it, your hormones are still mm-hmm. doing all kinds of dances all over at eight weeks, right? So it's it's completely normal. Um, the next one's kind of t- ties uh, into it. It has to do with yeah, it ties into that. How to increase libido? I never want to have sex, and it makes me sad. <sighs> so a lot of things, like I would have like all these questions, right? Like, are you breastfeeding? Right. right? Did you recently wean? You know. Mm-hmm. things of that nature like what's like how many kids do you have what's going on are your kids in your bed like i've shared my three and a half year old the bed is his right like that's not sexy right you know <laughs> it's not there's still way obviously you know there's ways to get creative and parents adjust and again not an uncommon picture um but i would ask like what else is going on um Definitely, I always say, like, frontline defense, go see your primary care, your OB, and ask for a panel. Make sure everything's looking good, your thyroid, et cetera, have your hormones Mm -hmm. regulated. There's plenty of moms that try, like, supplement, like, natural vitamins that are supposed to assist. Everyone, like, reacts differently to those, I think, though. Yeah. But, um, again, circling back to kind of, like, what we do, therapy can help out a lot because oftentimes so much is tied to sex. And what did we grow up hearing about it? What right. do we think we're huge. playing in it? Huge. And yeah. what do we have to undo? Because I know I grew up with very 
um, negative messages and not the best sex <clears throat> education. And I think that's the majority yeah. of people, at least like in our generation. Yeah. Um, right. What can we undo? And sex therapy is a huge thing. And I think a lot of people don't take it seriously, but that's one of the most niched areas and requires like the highest form of training and they do what they do for a reason. So, um, but there's things to like suss out. But again, I think with a lot of things, it will come back, but let's make sure everything at baseline looks fine. But I mean, think about it. You're likely exhausted. You've got like all of these things going on. Again, none of these things feel sexy, right? So you might have to get a little creative. Your partner might have to get creative. I know it's frustrating because you might think like, I never used to have to work for this. Uh, when there's kids involved, you got to put in some work to feel sexy. You do what you can. Yeah, that's true. I can relate to a lot of that. <laughs> Our next question is, when would be an ideal time to see a pelvic floor physical therapist for postpartum? And I know this is kind of not really your your wheelhouse, but I know you said that you had some like tips or resources that you could share. I think um, for the most part, after you say after six weeks, but definitely any intervention, we always say um, sooner rather than later, right? Because so many people don't even know what's normal. Or they'll talk to their girlfriends and their girlfriends are all experiencing. And I'm like, the four of you should have seen a pelvic floor therapist. Like, I didn't know if I had my son, right? Like, I thought everyone peed when they bent down or squatted down <laughs> for months. No, no, no. Right? Like, should have seen a pelvic floor therapist. See your OB, get that um, clearance. But definitely, if you're feeling that, like, dragging or pulling sensation, immediately go in to your OB um, and they'll get you set up. Because our anatomy has shifted a lot for some women, right? Some things can happen. Your bladder can, you know, drop through, etc. So if you're feeling any pulling or dragging, you want to go in sooner rather than later. I think for the general concerns, especially just trying to get those muscles back to where they were after that six week mark, start going. Like many insurance plans cover it. For those whose insurance plans don't, I always remind people that um, this is not something you'll be doing for years. Like oftentimes because it's physical therapy still, and they're giving you exercises, you can hit the ground running and learn the tools even after like six sessions, right? If you're having to pay out of pocket. So sooner rather than later is the, my advice there. Okay. Gaining weight, but EBF. Ugh. Did you guys lose? Okay. So mom, mom's, mom's reporting that she's gaining weight while yes. she's breastfeeding. While she's a, yes. Instead of losing weight. And she's frustrated. There's so much bad information out there so about much. how like you'll you'll get so skinny and you'll lose all of this weight when you're breastfeeding. Because listen, you are burning a lot of calories when you're breastfeeding, but you're taking in way more. And mm -hmm. that's not again, like that's not like factual evidence. I think we just like put it out there. Like yeah. Jade, it looked like you had something to contribute right away. Oh to my that. gosh. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's such a myth to say that every woman should lose weight when they're breastfeeding. Like like you said, like they're like people be like, You burn so many calories that the weight will just melt off you. I breastfeeding, especially the first like eight months, um, out eight tanner. I would eat so I'm, I'm a beast. I'm a beast eater when, it, when I'm breastfeeding. And I Tanner would always make fun of me because I would have to have two breakfasts. I would have one immediately when I woke up at like 6am. And then I would eat another one at like 930. And then I had to have lunch and dinner and then bedtime snack like so much food. And yeah, I mean, I don't think like, and I hate the term of like getting back to your pre-baby weight and all that stuff. Like that should just be thrown out the window too. Yeah. Um, our bodies change, but I think it took me like really read is 13 months. Like 
honestly like a year for me to feel like my body was feeling a little bit more like my own again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I exclusively breastfed my first and the like, I'll say air quotes, rest of the weight, which is like so unhealthy. Like the mindset didn't come off until I was done at 18 months with my daughter. I combo fed and I lost weight faster. So like that goes to show you it's, it's not, every experience is different. That's not factual. It's quite harmful. And you know, you, you cannot healthily diet really when you're exclusively breastfeeding because our body needs all of the things to successfully exclusively breastfeed, which is really stressful in in and of itself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That is so stressful. It is. That stresses me out thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that just shows like how society puts so much pressure on moms with baby weights you know, like her worrying yeah. about that in general, like I should be losing weight because I'm breastfeeding and I'm not like, it just makes me sad that that's like something she feels pressure to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How do you manage anxiety at the end of pregnancy? I'm worrying about my baby all of the time. Oh, it's so hard. I just had like flashbacks. My, yeah. my husband was on OB. He's an anesthesiology resident. He was on OB the last month I was pregnant. I thought he was going to move out because every time I came <laughs> home, I wanted to hear the horror stories that had happened that day. And he's like, first of all, nothing. Second of all, stop, you know, but it's hormonal, right? If you, you remember your early pregnancy, the first trimester is really hard hormonally. And then the third comes back. And I always warn, I warn mothers about that. Like your second trimester is the honeymoon. A lot of people say that, but mentally the third trimester the anxiety can set in for money, not for everyone. Um, I think oftentimes even more so for like second, third, fourth time moms, because you kind of know what's to come, i.e. like the sleep deprivation and all of those right. things, right? I think you've got to look at, <coughs> is it anxiety or is it intrusive thoughts? Like, first of all, like, mm. let's suss that out because we kind of like treat those differently, right? And remember, intrusive thoughts are a form of OCD, right? They're not like we're categorizing them. Um, and there's always something underneath it, right? So Think about what like thoughts of anxiety are coming back for you over and over again. There's likely going to be a certain like category there around, right? If it's the sleep, right? What can we do to mitigate that? Maybe you're thinking, I don't know enough, right? So taking some information now about just wake windows, swaddling, right? Like simple things you can do like that. Mm-hmm. Not being aggressive. You don't have to attach yourself to a certain style or anything like that. Um, but if it's, you're a repeat parent and you're like, no, I'm remembering all the things that went wrong again, there's likely things you can change. You do have that agency to do so now, but no, for so many people, they felt like when they delivered a lot of that went away and then baby blues kicked in obviously and ramped it back up, but it's completely normal unless it's invasive, pervasive, right. And you're like, I can't function. That's not normal. There's plenty of safe medication you can take when you're pregnant. If your OB is not comfortable prescribing, there is um, a hotline that's ran by um, reproductive psychiatrists. It's only available to prescribers. So your OB can consult with them on what is safe Hmm. because you're, you might, let's say you're, you know, six weeks out from delivery and a psychiatrist can't get you in. There's so many resources available and certainly therapy, we can get you in faster, but obviously therapy doesn't work overnight. So for someone, if you're like, oh, that's me, it's all day, every day and I can't work and I can't sleep, like. Yeah, to help you out because your cortisol levels are through the roof now, which is not good yeah. for either of you. Thank you. That's so helpful. So I, I didn't know that that existed. That um, yeah. there's that I didn't either resource available. 
Okay, so those are all of our listener questions right now. Now we are on to segment three, our favorite segment, our bad mom, good mom segment. Have you come prepared, Dima? Yeah, I'm like, this one's going to get me fired. It's a bad mom moment, but it's, I'm like, why am I sharing this? But hopefully, well, hopefully it's not too relatable, but yeah, we'll get to it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll go with the, um, listener ones first and then we'll, we'll make our way. Sure. Okay. So first we have Mariah. She says, I had a bad mom moment while setting up my nine month old daughter's Christmas presents in front of her because I figured she was too little to care, but then she started crying when I wrapped it. <laughs> the teeth. Play with it. <laughs> Isn't that so funny though? How we, we feel like our kids won't like they're just, Oh, they're so little. They're not going to know. And then we're like, Oh my gosh, why are you so smart? Yeah, why are you a person? Um, all right. Yeah. This one comes from mm-hmm. Sarah. It says, Our elf on the shelf wrote a note that he can't come for two more weeks because he's in quarantine from COVID and getting his vaccine. I got a sweater for him on Etsy. So when he does come, he'll be wearing a sweater that says vaccinated, smart or bad mom. I think it's genius. My husband. Oh, I think it's genius. My husband says it's bad mom. Yeah, he's not stopping it. (laughs) That is so funny. I think that's hysterical. Yeah, I think it's It's great. I think it's good mom. Okay, Becca, I have a bad mom moment. When I have to pee, I lay my daughter on our bed and pee with the bathroom door open so I can see her. I, where is this going? I have a few places in my mind this could go. One instance, the dog jumped up and was laying next to her. So cute, right? Well, I'm mid-pee and I look at her and she's chewing on the dog's paw. Probably the worst and most disgusting part of our dog to chew on. And since I was mid-pee, there's nothing I could do. <laughs> well, I'm glad she didn't like fall off the bed or something. I thought I was going there. That's happened to me for sure. Oh, but- oh yeah. Oh, man. Right on the wood floor. I thought it was going to go somewhere else where something like that was happening and she got up midstream and just like ran. Oh, man. Uh, That would have been fine because she was going to clean it up. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, Dima. You're up. I'll go first. Um, I shared with you earlier stomach flu is running rampant around my house. Okay. My poor, sweet little girl was first. She's 16 months old. Oh. The, the lower GI symptoms started first is all I'm going to say. I put her to sleep and I, it's, I had my last class I teach today. I'm swamped. I'm like 300 papers behind grading. That's how it always goes under the term. So I got her down, got my, hu- my husband, my son on the iPad. Wow. <laughs> got my son on the iPad and I started grading. I heard her cry, which she never does. And then I was like, oh, I'll check the monitor. And my son was like, oh, she's crying. And I'm like, I'll, I'll check it in a second, honey. I have to submit this. And then she stopped. Like, and so it was like a four second thing, right? I totally forgot. We went to sleep. I went to get her in the morning and her crib was covered in vomit. She had vomited in her crib, down her sleep sack. Oh my God. I cried and FaceTimed my mom and then Nanit records everything. So I have this awful video to torture myself with of me coming in and crying. And she was totally fine. And like, she just went to sleep, but that never, I'm always... I run a little more anxious, so I'm always checking the monitor. So I'm like, of all the days I don't. And I remember I had a patient that this happened to, and we were like working through it. So I was like, Ugh. Oh, but gosh. it felt horrible because she looked so, her little sleep sack and her sheets. And so that was not, you know, so now I'm back to obsessively checking the baby monitor. But, you know, she sleeps, she's 17 months, she sleeps through the night. So you don't really, I'll yeah. check and make sure the temperature is not too high. So that was my bad mom moment. Oh man. That actually, that brings up a bad mom moment for me. A couple of weeks ago, Charlie had 
peed in his bed like overnight. So I got him out, you know, in the morning. He was like so wet. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like it wasn't like horrible, but it was like, you know, a spot in the bed. I was like, okay, I'll get back to it later. And then um, like obviously changed him, went through the day, the pee dried. And then that night I put him down for bed and I was sitting in my bed and I was like, oh my God, I never changed those sheets. So he was just sit- sleeping on pee again. You're in a sterile, okay? It's all right. You're in a sterile. I was like, oh no. So the next morning when he got up, I was like, oh God, I'm so sorry. And I took off the sheets and like did them in the morning. But I was like, I really did have that moment of being like, oh my God, that pee, I never did. I never changed it. Oh gosh, it's so gross. I honestly think that every mom out there has had some sort of similar experience to that. You know, like there's been nights where you're too tired and you just lay down a towel on the bed and you're like, oh yeah. Yep. Hope you. (laughs) Yeah. Have fun. Have fun in there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean. All right, Jane. Good. Are you a good mom or a bad mom this week? Oh man. I'm trying to think. These are always, I know, Carla, I never come prepared for this. Give us a good one. A good one. My life is just like a blur all the time. I do feel like sometimes the days just turn into day. You're just like, wait, what? I don't even know. Why is it Friday? But I thought it was Tuesday. Yep. Right. Or, or actually the opposite of that. Why do I think it's Friday and it's actually Tuesday? Um, I think like my good mom moment is just like um, Reed and I have just been able to like have like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like with your third baby, they don't get as much like – of everything, you know, yeah. he's very much like a, a me three. He wants to do everything the kids are doing. Sometimes I feel like he just doesn't get as much attention or he just doesn't have as much one-on-one time. Um, and I sometimes feel like I'm worried about his mile. I'm worried about his milestones a lot, actually, because I think about like he doesn't get as much of everything, especially Emmy. I mean, Emmy, when she she was our only baby for two years, so she just had so much one-on-one one-on-one attention. But um, something that made me a proud mom that that's really kind of silly is uh, yesterday, out of nowhere, I feel like Reed just started walking twice as long as like lengths as he has been. And out of nowhere, he has just started learning how to like say hi. And I was kind of worried about his speech. And so stuff like that just makes me super proud. And then he has been obsessed with this ball. And he started like kicking the ball. Like he can walk and kick a ball like a soccer ball. Like he's learned that. So I guess it's just like giving myself some grace, you know, and making myself know that I'm a good mom because I've been worried about so many things with him. And just Mm -hmm. knowing that like he's just finding his own way has been kind of like my good mom moment because um, he's just figuring himself out. So no, that's great. Good mom, bad mom, let's all pat ourselves on the back. We're doing a good job. Right, like we're here every day, right? We're like, yeah, we're, back, we're so. making it. We're making it through. Well, Dima, <laughs> thank you so much again for being with us. We love having you on so much. Love being here. We really appreciate it because yeah, thank we don't you so have much. any idea how to answer these questions. Oh my God. I mean, do as I say, not as I do though, right? So <laughs> that's okay. I feel like that's how we all live, right? Yeah. I can give great advice to people, but like, am I doing it? No, no. not usually. All right. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. The holidays are coming up. It's exciting. This is going to be a crazy month for everybody. And we hope that you just... Take in all your loved ones, give them a big hug, and tell them that they're special this holiday season. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.